Welcome back to Desire and Brethren Podcast. I am Tanner Hoffs. I'm David Short. <laughs> I'm I'm Jackson O'Brien. <laughs> I'm Hannah Tabert. That's right. We have Hannah Tabert for a second episode. <laughs> Is that is that funny to you guys? <laughs> no, is it's that... so great. It's so great. We're great. Hmm. hmm. Okay. Hmm. Boy, see if we have a guest ever again. <laughs> no, we we have had a Tabert to talk. We it had a good conversation just now because we recorded twice in a row about fashion, which kind of opened my eyes. But we maybe didn't really talk about the seedy underbelly of fashion design. Because Hannah is going to become a fashion designer, which potential. Is potential oh, but well, that's your degree, no? Yes, yes. But like, I could. I, there's a lot of job options. It might not be a designer. I could like, I could be a color person, or I could work with just right. But zippers. we, assuming <laughs> that's all lies and charades for a second. Uh-huh. Everything I have learned about the fashion industry and about fashion designers such as yourself, Hannah, comes from one source. Can mm-hmm. anyone anyone guess? Zoolander. Zoolander, <laughs> yes. That is – I received all my information. So I have a few questions for you as a fashion designer. Um, oh. Do you believe that the little Malaysian children want to work? Do you think they want to work? <laughs> Have you ever attempted to assassinate a major world leader? Once or twice. <laughs> Do you see all models as mindless idiots who you can make dance like monkeys? The files are in the computer. <laughs> I, I've worked with models and they uh, seemed like very normal people to me. Is there a stereotype? Do you guys joke about models though? No. All right, that's a yes, everyone. Um, <laughs> did you decide to go into fashion because you once saw yourself in a spoon and decided you were really, really, really ridiculously really good looking? <laughs> it was a fork. <laughs> wow, it's even more complex. <laughs> you have to have like very high self esteem to see yourself in a fork and decide you're good looking. Um. Have you ever worked in the coal industry? <laughs> well, I lived in uh, Edmonton, and that's like oil, so... Uh... Yeah, yeah. That counts. <laughs> Have you ever had a gasoline fight? <laughs> okay, now that we've established that she's a big, evil, Mugatu-like character mm-hmm. uh, who loves to exploit as a fashion designer... She has insider knowledge on the industry, obviously, with that knowledge. I have, I have statistics. She has statistics. No way. We love statistics sometimes if they agree with us. <laughs> we actually do seriously want to talk about there's been a lot of issues that maybe have come up recently. I know in the 90s there was a big kick about like, hey, we should make fashion companies be more ethical. And then it went away for a while. Mm. Uh, you know, Nike got booted, said they'd change. And then we all kind of didn't pay attention for a while. Tell us about the fashion industry today as you see it. Um, well, the, I think right now, we at least from, from the people that I've talked to and from guest speakers that we had come in, it seems like there's kind of another wave of people wanting mm-hmm. to be more sustainable and be more ethical. I don't know how long-term that is. I hope it's long-term. 
For those for those who don't know, though, what are they reacting against? What what conditions are they seeing in the fashion industry that they're pushing back against? Um, well, a huge one was the the building collapsing in Bangladesh with, a, like, I think over nine hundred people. Mm. Rana Plaza. Yeah, Rana Plaza. Over nine hundred people died from that, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, so and that got big news coverage, right? So everybody saw that. To to clarify, maybe it wouldn't connect immediately. Why is it like buildings fall over? What happened here? What was the problem with that? The workers, I think, actually were like had seen cracks forming in the walls, and uh, the building just wasn't up to code. But the the people that owned the factory made them go back in anyway, um, mm. even though the workers were protesting and saying that it wasn't safe to go in. Um, and I think I think it was Nike that had they found Nike clothing or something, or maybe it was H and M. I can't H&M remember. It was H and M. Okay, they found like. That was some of the clothing that was being made there. And so that kind of brought it back to the front, which is really sad that it has to wait until something like that happens before. Right. Think about yeah. It. So, I mean, the, the turn sweatshop is obviously used a lot. What, what's the definition of a sweatshop? Um, well, I think the general idea is that people are being paid very little. Um, they're working in often unsafe conditions, often very young children working there. And yeah, really long hours and just like not, not something that is humane or acceptable to our standards, but because we don't see it, we don't really care. Yeah. And these are, these are local contractors that are, and local factory workers are owners who are taking some of the contract for big clothing companies. So the one in Bangladesh had multiple clothing brands that were being made there, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but we do expect these companies are saying that they're inspecting the facilities, that they're sweatshop free. Like every brand will tell you they're sweatshop free. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then something like this happens and it becomes big enough news and it kind of wakes us up to, yeah, like this is happening all the time. Mm-hmm. There, there's terrible conditions all the time. We just don't really pay attention to it. And so people get away with a lot. One thing that I have heard somebody talk about <clears throat> at school was that with the way that the factories work, big companies will contract out um, their orders to a factory. The factory will accept it, and it'll be, you know, we need it by this time for this amount of money. And in order to meet that deadline, they will often subcontract out to another factory that the company doesn't actually know that's happening. Um, And then sometimes it'll get subcontracted out again in order to meet the deadline. So often when the companies say that they didn't know that the, the standards were like that, they might be telling the truth because it's been subcontracted out so much. But that does not excuse the fact that we're demanding such high standards of these people, right, and demanding it for so cheap because they just they can't do it. And so they're forced to um, subcontract out to maybe places that are not up to the standard. Right. So even though, yeah, Nike might not have known about that one sub-sub-sub factory, mm-hmm. the fact that they're saying you have to make it for this amount that's super cheap and it has to be done super quick, is forcing them into those kind of things. Mm-hmm. So in the end, Nike is culpable in some way. Mm-hmm. I, and I'm using Nike as an example, but yes. uh, it's done a lot to, to change that. But mm-hmm. it's still one of the big ones. Hannah, just quickly, the the fellow students at your school, do they share the vision with you of like aiming to go smaller and not being a part of the corporate machine? Or do they have different dreams by being a part of the program? I don't know if it's so much being smaller that is their goal. Um, I would say that 
most of my fellow students are also very passionate about doing things well. Hmm. And I, I think that's really, really cool. And our teachers really foster that. Mm-hmm. And I really hope that that carries through into when they actually, into when all of us actually go out into the workplace. Some of them for sure have goals to work at big companies. Uh, but honestly, like, how are we ever going to actually make change in those companies until somebody who cares about that kind of thing is in position there? And they're not going to be able to make that change until they're already there. So, mm-hmm. you know, if they choose to go to those companies, that could actually be a really good thing. Cool. Thanks. But like you, like we were talking about the demand and what and the pressures that that puts. Like, I'm a I'm a carpenter. People in the trades who people who build things, they have art in them too right like they want what they what they make with Mm. their hands they want to be good quality right but just like just like every other industry out there you've Mm. got the pressures of you've got to make it fast yeah you're not you're only getting paid this much and when realism comes in it's like how am i supposed to make a good quality Mm -hmm. and make money yeah and that it'll almost certainly apply and the compromises just flow yeah yeah, and I think I think that's that's very true, um, and it kind of points to the fact that really, I think in the end, the issue is that people are the consumers. Like it's really the consumers who are pushing these big companies, right? No, no, no. Oh, not, oh nice whoa, whoa, whoa. switch. Okay, we're not putting the blame. On, like, listen, <laughs> the one percent and the the fat cats on Wall Street are the problem here, Hannah. <laughs> And the billionaires, and Donald Trump is going to fix that, and he's going to make America great again. But like, I don't think I should share any of this blame. Could you give me an example of something I, Tanner Hoffs, would do that would make me share this blame? I, I totally reject this argument. I just, unless you convince me. Have you ever bought anything based on how cheap it was? <laughs> That's every expense oh from Tanner. <laughs> Hold it together, Tanner. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> I love his deflection. It's so good. See, I uh, here's the hard part. Totally, it is so easy to talk about these big brands, but right, it's such an industry that's driven by the consumer. Yeah, give some examples of like very ordinary ways people living their lives are contributing to this problem. The root of the issue comes down to this mentality that we have developed in the West, primarily, it seems, that we want lots of stuff and we want it as cheap as we can possibly get it. And because we're demanding that of companies, because that's what we've been demanding for a long time is for it to be cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. Mm. That's what they're supplying. If we had demanded that they make good quality and that it'd be done properly, that's what they would have supplied. Right? So Hmm. if you're walking into a store and you're looking for the cheapest possible deal that you can find, then that's just going to drive that demand. Right? Totally. Totally. (laughs) Hannah just described literally 100% of my shopping. Yeah. But you guys are guilty too, right? No, Tanner, like it, it conflicts with our frugality brethren idea of like find the cheapest deal you can because it matters how you spend your money. Like that's the prima facie of our beliefs when it comes to consumption. Don't buy, don't buy what you don't need. Buy cheap because then you'll save money. And that's what's important in the kingdom of God because Jesus had a load of stuff to say about money. So spend it wisely. 
rather than like, or not spend wisely, I shouldn't say spend cheaply Mm -hmm. rather than spend in the fullness of wisdom. So I just want to pull out something that you said, Jackson, was that um, it matters how we spend our money, right? As Christians. Mm -hmm. And it seems to me like you guys had this idea that spending less is being wise and being frugal. But, and I think that that is a very common understanding of that. And unless you think about it a lot, you're not going to think any differently. But I believe that it does matter how we spend our money. I believe that we should be intentional about it. But I do not believe that spending your money wisely means spending less. Hmm. Because if you're buying a $5 t-shirt, that's going to last you a lot less time than a $25 t-shirt, right? And so actually you're getting less value for your money, even though at the moment it seems like you're, you're you know, spending less. Um, so I think it all just comes down to our, our motives and our intentionality in what we're doing. I think we need to be intentional about the clothing we buy and we, we should be buying better quality because that is going to last us longer. And in the long run, it is going to save us money. Hannah, I have, you help me with this. I could point out four shirts in my closet that I got in grade 10 that all cost me under $10. <laughs> And I still wear them. So like I'm not – and I want you to think of is your reason for us to, to spend more on better quality stuff so that it does last longer or is it because they're made better and the people that made them are getting paid better and it's more ethical or is it just like, no, it'll just last longer because I do have stuff that has lasted long for really cheap too. Do, do you think like it really in the long run it always works out financially? Um, I think in the case of like a t-shirt like that, maybe not, but okay. The fact that you're wearing it that long, <laughs> there's a whole other no, problem. That, like, <laughs> but the thing is, is that there's this mentality of people buying things and throwing them away yeah, really okay. quickly. And that's, what's the problem oh, is the mentality okay. of consumerism and, um, being like, Oh, I did, it cost me $5. So I don't even need to worry mm. about it. Right. But also yeah. like, I think that. You have a different point to say, though, because even if stuff, if, even if Tanner and I can make shirts last a long time that are $5, I think the point is still there that you should probably still buy a better made product that honors the people making it and will last you the same if probably more time, though, right? That is the ultimate point that, that I would want right. to make. Yes, we should be respecting the people who are making mm-hmm. it, right? And even if it does last you long enough. Okay, hypothetical. Hannah, I'm putting you... This is like... This is classic train tracks. Hitler's on one side, 20 people, (laughs) 20 people are on the other. Okay? You've got two choices. You can spend $150 for the true cost of a pair of pants. Like, not the super awful wages, but like everything sustainable, a good wage for somebody, organic or whatever you like. Is 150 bucks, let's say. Or you can buy blue notes, two pants for 40 bucks. That's my, I'm all about it. And you can give 120 bucks away and get double the pants. 110? I don't know what the math is on that. I'm a little lost, but in my own hypothetical. (laughs) Why would it, I'm just, if you're going to give the rest of that money away to charity, is it not a better Hmm. action? To do a little unethical thing by buying cheap pants, but giving so much to charity or not having any money for charity because he spent 150 bucks on a pair of pants. Um, so 
one plus negative one equals zero. Go on. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> My calculator. so if you're doing one crappy thing and one good thing, doesn't that kind of cancel out? But the, that was the, super logical. The good thing you're doing is like $110 worth of good thing. The bad thing you're doing is like a $40 okay, worth of bad okay. thing. But by buying the $150 pair of pants, are you not doing a good thing by supporting someone who is doing ethical things and so is making the world a better place just like a charity would be doing? And do you want to know how much these pants cost that I'm wearing right now? Yes. <laughs> well, they were more near the $150 mark. Oh. <laughs> Like, why do I cringe at that? Right, exactly. No, I'm with you, Jackson. This is the barrier we're trying to overcome yeah. here is I hear that and I'm like, but I could just buy it cheaply. Okay. okay. They're actually also pretty much one of the only pair of pants I have right now. And I've been wearing them for almost a year. Okay, that's pretty cool. Um, and I bought them because I knew that they would last me a long time and because I knew they were from a pretty reputable company and they fit me well. Do you have like way – I mean you're a fashion designer so I just would assume that you have like three walk-in closets. But do do people who believe in like sustainable good fashion, ethical fashion have a lot less clothing that they just like vary – that they mix and match it? Or like what do you – what do you strange people do? <laughs> I'm sure there's lots of people who buy sustainable clothing – that have lots of sustainable clothing (laughs) probably not as much as people who don't because it costs more um but i personally actually have a very very small closet so like this is so hard for me to get out of this mentality and so i appreciate you you're carrying us along slowly but we're not leading where your fault we're not following where you're leading here i like still like the true cost of clothes we don't even know when you say that about your pants, it's like, ah. Tanner, when you said $150 for pants, I looked at Jackson. I was like, $150? <laughs> yeah, he gave me your look, yeah. <laughs> I'm wearing those pants for 20 years. <laughs> My pants are cheap compared to the stuff oh, yeah. that, like, yeah, that's a, those are cheap pair of pants. Yeah, that's cheap, sustainable. No, no the, like, the problem is is that we can justify anything through comparison, though. No, no, no. What she is saying, I think, is it's not that she's spending more than those pants are worth. She's no. actually spending what a pair of pants are worth yes. if you don't treat people like slaves. Yes. Our <laughs> anchor around like 20 to $30 for pants. Anchor's a good way to put it, yeah. That everything is stretched from is like the slave price. Yeah. And I'm so upset that yeah. people would have an ethical wage. It's like, that's cr- like, this is what people in the South picking cotton were like, we should abolish slavery. And they're like, are you kidding? Do you know how much cotton would cost? Well, yeah, no, like that's, that's it. Hmm. You kind of have to get the slave price out of your brain. Mm-hmm. Like what I said before, the, mm. the, the actual root of the problem is the mentality of the consumer, right? And it's just something that's so ingrained in everyone's mind, and it would take a huge adjustment for that to change. So that's mm. that's why we have to start taking small steps. It's not all going to change right at once, right? But you got to start somewhere. So, Okay, here's the loophole that I know our brethren listeners are thinking. 
Aha, Hannah. Exactly. I do not have to pay $150 for pants because I'll buy it secondhand. So if you buy at Value Village, you're not actually handing money to the unethical corporation and you're getting their cheap fashion for like five bucks. We have found a way around this. If you're going to Value Village just to get the cheapest thing that you can find, Mm -hmm. then the problem's still there. And you're probably still going to be buying cheap things from other places. But if you're going to Value Village with the intention of, you know, not supporting those businesses, like it all comes down to your intentions. I, I fully support buying secondhand, even though Value Village is apparently now owned by Walmart. Um, (laughs) Yeah, go to Goodwill. Yeah, you could go to Goodwill. What, what, actually, I've heard bad things about Hannah, Goodwill. give us the answer. <laughs> Don't make it convoluted. Give us the answer. There is no answer except for that we have to change our mentalities. That is what it comes down to. That's the only thing that's actually going to make the change. I cannot give you a list of where to shop and where not to shop because we still need clothes. And it's so hard to actually know who's telling the truth about what mm-hmm. and where where the money's actually going, right? And so I'm not going to tell you not to buy those things anymore, but... The solution is in changing how we think about what we're buying and buying things that we need rather than what we want Mm. and trying to buy things that are good quality and that are going to last a long time. And, like, I support buying secondhand because it actually – it is recycling. Yeah. I'm I'm super into secondhand, but I'm starting to become more skeptical of it. It's still feeding into the system – that the anchor for the cost of pants should be around $20. Yeah. That's a really good point. I almost want to ask you like for a list of stores we should be shopping at, but that might not actually be that helpful if it's if it's about intentions. Eventually, I would really like to make a list for myself. I don't have that list yet because it is so hard to find true information and to know what actually which companies actually are ethical and not. And yeah, and that is actually not going to fix the problem, right? Um, just giving you shop here and don't shop here because that's still not changing the intentions behind it. A good guideline, I would say, is that as soon as you see prices that seem too good to be true, they <laughs> probably are. Somebody's probably being exploited because of them. So yeah, do your research, basically. It's going to take effort. And you might have to pay a little bit more, but that's going to make people look and think, wait, why are you doing that? And if you're doing it to glorify God, that's going to bring people to him. And I think that that is something that he wants. Thanks, Hannah. That was actually a beautiful way of ending. And to spoil it, it's time for a game show. All right. Yeah. Game show. (laughs) Game show. The game show, we're putting Jackson against Dave. (laughs) <laughs> Hannah knows too much uh, for this game show to be effective for her. Right. She knows the industry. So get ready for the most depressing game show of all time. Name the tragic ethical violation. <laughs> okay. Yay. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. I've got three different tragic ethical violations that many clothing brands are accused of. Number one underpaid factory workers in unsafe conditions hooray behind door number two (laughs) discrimination against an undesirable group of consumers 
such as a different race or fat people or poor people. Yay. And number three, our favorite, child labor. Hmm. (laughs) All right. I'll I'll sustain the enthusiasm here. Okay. Those are your three options. Underpaid factory workers, discrimination against groups of people, or child labor. I'm going to name a clothing brand. And you have to say which of those three you think they violated. Can we just say all three for mm. all of them? And you can answer <laughs> more than one of them. Oh, crumb. Okay. Jackson, let's start with you. H&M. I feel like probably the first one, the poor working conditions. Ding, ding, ding. Yes. And is there... Oh, and Discrimination. No, not discrimination. No, no, no. Number three. Number three. Number one and number three. The answer was all three of them. <laughs> I don't like this game. <laughs> <laughs> they were involved in that factory fire that killed uh, 1,130 people. They, in the middle of the coldest New York winter on record, were caught cutting up their old unused coats in their store and throwing them out. And there's lots of child labor accusations. All right. You lose. (laughs) David, the gap, which includes old Navy and banana Republic. They seem like child labor people. (laughs) You've got it. (laughs) This game is terrible. We'll hit them. We'll hit them with some discrimination too. <laughs> oh yeah, they charge more for women's plus size clothing, but they don't charge more for men's plus size clothing. Huh. Interesting. Huh. But the correct answer was number one, two, and three. <laughs> <laughs> Sensing a trend. <laughs> Jackson. I don't want to play Nike. <laughs> Uh, all three. All three. Actually, um, <laughs> Nike is only guilty of number one and two. <laughs> They've never done child labor? Well, they had a lot of child labor in the 90s, and then there was a big boycott, and then they got their act together. David. Walmart. <laughs> uh, what isn't Walmart guilty of? Oh, poor guys. <laughs> They aren't guilty of making the greatest TV show ever sponsor them, right? Is that Duck Dynasty? That's Duck Dynasty. I hate Duck Dynasty. Uh, oh, no. Sure. Uh, I know there's going to be one of these they don't do, but I'll just say all three. And they do not discriminate against anyone. Oh, that actually that would make they sense. They will sell to everybody. <laughs> all right. One of our Canadian choices on the list joe fresh the (laughs) canadian superstore brand all right jackson yeah uh i would say that they do not discriminate so not number two you're right and i think they probably do they probably do number one and number two three Three. number one number three it is just number one oh my gosh but it is like hardcore number one. <laughs> They've been involved in some really sick stuff. So they don't do child labor or and they don't discriminate? No accusations that I could find online really? for child labor. But I probably didn't look that hard. <laughs> hmm. The thing is, these are probably all three of them so for general. each one. But All right. 
Dave, you could sweep it by getting one right. <laughs> right on. Abercrombie and Fitch, your Ooh. favorite brand. They're gonna they're gonna go with number one. That's right. I'm gonna go with they do number two. You're right. Oh. <laughs> they're known for discriminating against African Americans, Asians, and Latinos. How do figure this Hooray. stuff out? There was a big class action lawsuit. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Are you loving this game, Hannah? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say that they aren't guilty of three, but I'm, I'm ready. For Dave's it. right. He wins ah! his first game show. Game. No, this is the first game show you've ever won on the podcast. It's historic. Dave, you are the grand champion yes. of name that tragical ethical violation. <laughs> what I always wanted. I like to thank my mom, <laughs> my sister, and my. Thank you so much, Hannah. Thank you. We could not have talked about. We we would have been stuck on our twenty pair twenty dollar <laughs> pair of pants mm, yeah. for a long, long time. It would have been a thin conversation. Yeah. It would have been a very thin conversation. So thank you for bringing needed depth no, to this. This was good. Allowing me to talk about it. All right, I'm Tanner House. I'm David Short. I'm Jackson O'Brien. Hannah Tabor.